Whoa, my God. <laughs> and we'll see. <laughs> in a world of pure inebriation. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's probably good. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hit the Books Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery Saunders. And we're here to bring you all the nerdy news you need to know about this week. For those of you unaware, you can find us on htbvids.com, on Twitter, at htbvids, and on Facebook, at forward slash hit the books. Of course, we have a sister channel called Those Natural Ones, which you can find on twitch.tv forward slash those natural ones. You can find their channel on YouTube. You'll see the link in the description. There's no vanity URL at the moment. And uh, they're also on social media. Uh, yes, uh, primarily f- Facebook, but we're also moving towards, I'm assuming at some point, Instagram. And I think we do have a couple of things up on TikTok. Sell out! <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> we're doing the YouTube shorts, too. Everybody's getting it from all sides. Yeah. Have you seen the um, new advertisement for TikTok? The new music that they're like pushing for, the ad music? You know, for a website that was basically making their way on Vine energy of videos that only last 10 seconds, I find it really funny that they're just extending all of their shit to nearly YouTube size. Yeah, and then the the music that they're pairing right now is awful. <laughs> like, some usually it's, like, at least catchy, like it's a earworm. This new one is, like, TikTok! And it's... Sweet, so cringe. It's so cringe. I can't stand those ads, and they keep popping up. (laughs) I'm like, go away, TikTok. Uh, I hate you. uh, The The worst. The war for the attention of the commoners is kicking up to a fever pitch. I think it's about to climax and move on to the next big thing. Ooh, whatever that is. I hope it comes fast. (laughs) Uh, That's what she said. Oh. Oh, starting off strong. Uh, Banned already. Yeah, that's not what she said. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Do you need some therapy? Do we need some Uh, lewd boy therapy right now? Well, see, ever since you started advertising people to send me their uh, lewd Sonic the Hedgehog pics, (laughs) (laughs) I I might have uh, been in need of someone to, you know, talk me down from the ledge, as it were. If you would like to send Emery no! lewd Sonic the Hand, Hedgehog, Edgy the Hedgy fan don't, art, don't you do it. Please shoot an email at hitthebooksvids, V-I-D-S, at gmail.com. Thank you. Somebody fucking kill me. <laughs> <laughs> well, for those of you unfamiliar with this show, uh, this was formerly a comic book focused podcast exclusively, and then we expanded to the realms of uh, many other genres. Today, we are not joined by our third co-host, Nick Marlatt. He uh, is out sick this week. Uh, so we hope to see him next week, of course, but uh, we felt it was good to uh, dive in and present another opportunity, another sequence of events that may conclude in your pleasure. 
That's also not what she said. <laughs> <laughs> you have a very disappointing love life. <laughs> hey, disappointing, realistic. Come on. <laughs> disappointing for whom? <laughs> not me. It's like, I have gotten along just fine. <laughs> but uh, anyway, what have you been up to this week? Uh, in the realm of all things nerdy, I have, well, for starters, I downloaded, uh, what has just been released on all platforms as of September 1st, Fantasy Star Online 2, uh, colon, New Genesis. Um, this is a game that has the audacity to make itself seem like it's a new game when this is a game that's existed for at least since 2014. It's like, oh, yeah, we're now on PlayStation 5 and 4 and the the Switch in the States and all all of the other things. I wanted to be mad. (laughs) I, I wanted to be so mad, but... As soon as I uh, created a character, I was like, oh, yeah, this is why I like these games all the way back in the late 90s. (laughs) Hook, line, and sinker. Oh, Money, please. Oh, I got sunk deep. (laughs) (laughs) I got sunk uh, deep within like five hours into this game. It's like, oh, yeah. So Uh, it must be uh, newbie friendly still. Which is rare on an online slash MMO type of game. I mean, it does have a very spelled out, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Tutorial. Yeah, it definitely has a, a spelled out and kind of lengthy tutorial as, you know, when you add a bunch of features to the game over the course of eight whole fucking years, <laughs> uh, it it might behoove you as a company to make uh, this game a little bit more newcomer friendly. And I think that's what they did. Nice. And hilariously, this is a game that does everything that it can to feel new while still feeling at least uh, an entire console generation behind when we have things like Genshin Impact, which, mind you, I think aped just about all of its waifu style (laughs) from this game. Okay, great. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, For you lewd boys out there, plenty Uh, of content. Lewd boys, rude boys. (laughs) this This is the game for you, or at the very least... This was the game that would have been for you had you been in Japan this whole time. Great. Well, that's cool. I mean, it's great that it still has legs so many years on at this point. Uh, it's got legs for days, boy. Yeah. Cool. I remember uh, the original Fantasy Star. Did that come out on Mega Drive or was it on Genesis? Uh, it was uh, it was on the well, online service well, like add-on, right? Well, Mega Drive and the Genesis were where they had Fantasy Star 1 through 4. Uh, Fantasy Star Online happened on the Dreamcast, and I think that was in, like, 1990. Oh, okay. Yeah. 1999. That I makes s- sense. I still remember, like, having to go through fucking dial-up internet. <laughs> That's how old we are. I remember dial-up internet. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't fun. Uh, it, it Not was- to be that old man, but... 
It's, it's so much better today. <laughs> hey, at, they, you don't have to block your phone calls. You don't have to hear the terrible modem noises for 10 minutes while it tries to connect. Oh, uh, the, the uh, modem making uh, robo-sex noises. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. I lived in the... <laughs> the very rural parts of ohio for a lot of my childhood so like it was just just miserable (laughs) (laughs) there was no infrastructure for any of this and we'd get like a new aol free trial disc in the mail every month and instead of actually buying aol we just keep (laughs) (laughs) re-upping because we were poor so we just had free aol internet on multiple free trials if they keep giving you the disc why not use it (laughs) (laughs) it would be wasteful not to really i mean come on but uh yeah between that which actually lifted my spirits and then watching she hulk episode three which uh put my lifted spirits all the way into the shitter well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> I mean, I was kind of encouraged uh, the last couple episodes where you guys were reviewing more or less episode one and two, you and Nick. I haven't gotten around to it because I'm still watching Sandman, of course, but it's, the it, things it, it, that San, you... San, Sandman's a better show. The... Sandman is already a better show. <laughs> <laughs> the things you brought to my attention made me very concerned. <laughs> Why don't you go into it? Oh, we're we're oh we're gonna get into that later. I don't want to get into it. Hey, 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 hey! You know what this is? <laughs> uh, like and subscribe. Thank y- you. Y- yeah, thank you. Um, <clears throat> after having my lifted spirits quickly thrown into the shitter by watching She-Hulk episode three, my spirits were lifted again and dusted off a little bit to where I'm like mid. Uh, as soon as I saw that Netflix has an animated series called Tekken Bloodline. <gasps> now, now, mind you, the animation's a little rough. Oh, no. But that being said, uh, my Tekken 3 nostalgia immediately washed over me <laughs> as soon as I realized that it was the Tekken 3 story that this series was going to handle. And oh my god, the the to preface, this is all 3D. Cell shaded, of course, because we're trying to make this look like an anime, but this is all 3D. Yeah. Um I gotta be honest, I absolutely hate this new trend that <laughs> the d- new Dragon uh superhero dragon ball superhero mm-hmm. is <laughs> yeah that's the, that's the new one <laughs> which is it's dragon ball super superhero <laughs> <laughs> a little is, redundant yeah a little bit but you know japan yeah, thank you japan which i'm sure is a good movie by you know like dragon ball movie standards and if you're a gohan fan sure uh you know he's finally getting some love which is <laughs> weird apparently the story is piccolo abducts his daughter <laughs> and like takes her to be held hostage so gohan will like take the next step in his training to save her <laughs> it's just i haven't watched it yet so i, I may be out of well, line but this is what all the memes are telling me well, po- uh, piccolo very clearly has a history of kidnapping 
and kid abuse. <laughs> and it started with Gohan. <laughs> How Gohan was surprised at all that Piccolo was going to steal his daughter <laughs> to make her maybe go through the same thing or to say to him, hey, you're stagnant right now. You need to step it up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I hate that art style. And they really, they first premiered it in uh, uh, the Brawly remake. Yep. That... Which I enjoyed a lot for about three quarters of it. <laughs> and then the last stretch of the film, they very clearly started running out of budget and started using 3D cell shaded animation to like insert clips that that they just didn't have time or money to animate apparently and it's very jarring because it would go from this really beautiful ornate illustration into this 3d cell shaded graphics that had like no texture or detail to them it looked like a video game like <laughs> cutscene, like from did, dragon yeah. ball fighters oh. that's that's kind of the <laughs> the feeling i was getting and it was like clippy it was like at a weird frame rate in terms of how they made it, it just did not look good yeah I, the, I, again oh. i enjoyed the movie but like that that whole like last section which should have been like the coolest most fun part was just neutered by this 3d animation it, and netflix has been doing that a lot too recently they they have yeah. three different tiers of anime style animation in their netflix products there's the first one which is like castlevania which is great you know, it's a little rough on the edges, especially in that early season before they knew it was going to be a hit. But yep. then they, like, really capitalized by the final season, which is fantastic. Like, better than any video game adaptation of anything that I've seen is that last season of Castlevania. It's so fucking good. Literally no other adaptation of a video game property has done as well as that. It's unprecedented yeah it's incredible and uh, apparently they're gonna make a, a new castlevania uh, series with a new set of characters in a new era but oh yeah belmonts of course uh, all you people wanting to see the an animated version of symphony of the night get ready because we're about to do richter fucking belmont yeah <laughs> so <laughs> it, it irritates me that the other two tiers are so poorly done. The other two tiers being the 3D cel-shaded animation, which you're describing, which they've had a, a few anime manga adaptations that just were rough. Just, you know, just... Uh, it's like it's like tank controls, but for <laughs> illustration, <laughs> you know? It just doesn't look right. It, it, yeah. And it, there's, like, it, no expression. Like, there, it doesn't emote well <laughs> when they animate facial reactions. And yeah, then... it's trying to apply the same sort of uh, movement style and like obvious work that would need to go into like a 3D model. Yeah. But it clashes really hard when it's like cell shaded anime style like yeah. modeling. It doesn't. It, 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 it's, it, it makes sense for a video game. It doesn't make sense for an actual illustrated animated product. Like not pick, even a little. Pick one or the other. Yeah, yeah. Do the 3D art style or do the animation. Like don't yeah. <laughs> don't Be do the cell shaded video gamey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like shitty cutscene animation. You gotta be consistent, otherwise it's gonna stick out like a sore thumb. Which is going to wrap all the way back around to our She Hulk talk later. <laughs> oh, oh no. Oh <laughs> but uh just to finish that rant, the third style of illustration I'm seeing is this like it's not quite animated 
panels, but it's really rough. It's like bare bones, bare, like full voice acted, fully orchestrated, but like just bare bones illustration. I think, uh, uh, what was it? Like the, my husband's, uh, like gangster or something like that, or the, it's like the house husband. Yeah. Like I watched that and there's several like that. It's not the only one. I looked, I watched that. I was like, oh, this could be fun. And the art style is so jarring and (laughs) abrasive that I could not watch it because like, it's just like you're looking at an illustration and the camera's just moving around. And then like every once in a while, somebody will react or they'll like suddenly have facial expressions changed like a comic book or something, but just really poorly done. (laughs) And it's so hard to watch. And it sucks because I feel like they could have successful products on their hands if yeah. they just took the time <laughs> uh yeah it's, it's it's a little rough and then there's some that are kind of like in between where they're like uh was it comey doesn't communicate or something like that mm. uh about this girl that's like everybody looks up to her because she's quiet and mysterious and beautiful but she's really just like riddled with social anxiety <laughs> oh god <laughs> and that one's actually pretty good because like it's a little bit closer to like full animation, full commitment. We spent a little bit of money on this, but it's still very rough. Oh yeah. So uh, Netflix, get your shit together. Come on, man. Please. Yeah. I, I feel like they got away with Eretsuko being <laughs> so enjoyable, <laughs> but it's like comically bad, which is why it's funny. <laughs> uh, uh, you can't be comically bad with like serious topics or, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, uh, a it It's very much the, Let's try to illustrate uh, human society through animals, and we'll show you some like real shit, but it's going to be all cutesy with the veneer of yeah. they're all cute little animals that you don't have to take seriously. Yeah. The, the South Park approach. Yeah, yeah, the South Park approach. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Rant over. <laughs> I don't think more For needs now. to be said. Netflix, get your shit together. You're charging us $17 for our fucking subscriptions, plus your fucking ad-based $10 subscription you're about to add. Mm-hmm. At least put some fucking production value in these animated <laughs> works. <sighs> they're not the ones that make it. They're just the ones that throw the money at the problem. Well, they're not throwing enough, <laughs> clearly. Uh, oh, These effects people just need to be paid more and given, you know, a decent schedule. These people are people. They're people. <laughs> They're overworked and underpaid. Help them out. I thought that they had a union for this. Well. Oh. Oh. Oh, no. Yeah, there's some stuff going on there. Oh, shit. We may talk about it in the future. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. A lot of lawsuits. A lot of moving locations to avoid unions etc yeah. contractors well, a lot of moving parts a lot of trying to save money and maybe uh unfortunately allocate their funds a little incorrectly yeah so how far have you gotten into the tekken series uh i have gotten to i believe it's the third episode and Spoilers for uh, a plot to a game that came out in, I believe, like, 97 or 98. (laughs) Uh, The main character, Jin Kazama, uh, I think he just completed his Mishima-style training. 
to where he doesn't immediately fall to the floor when he's punched exactly one time. (laughs) (laughs) He's been uh, sculpted and molded into someone worthy of the Iron Fist. But now we've gotten to the point where, oh, that's right. I killed your dad, who's also my son, because he threw me off a cliff. And I decided to uh, go back and return the favor by throwing him into an active volcano because he was turning into the devil. Tekken! (laughs) Welcome (laughs) to the Iron Fist Tournament that also has a whole-ass demon in it. 90s Japanese fighting game stories are always the (laughs) stupidest and goofiest, but we love them. Uh, (laughs) I should tell you about how they opened on this story uh, with uh, Jin's mother, June, really creative uh, naming here. Uh, We like alliteration, okay? uh, Of course we do. Uh, We also like killing off the protagonist's mother uh, in... Classic orphan story. uh, Classic orphan story. But uh, the twist here is that she is a former fighting tournament, not really champion. She she took part and, you know, survived. But she's killed by a weird Aztec warrior monster? Tekken! Tekken! (laughs) An Aztec warrior monster that we're calling Ogre. Because that that matches somehow. Tekken! Tekken! (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the King of Iron Fist Tournament, guys. Speaking of King. (laughs) Speaking of King. Tekken! Tekken! Oh, yeah. uh, As far as I know... uh, King shows up and shows everyone what a cat man do. <laughs> that was a terrible pun. Oh, you love it. Don't uh, don't lie. Don't you Bob Seger me. Don't right. you lie to me. <laughs> I did like it. Oh. <laughs> I knew it. See, Pat Stew appreciated it. Thank you, Patrick Stewart. Yep. Uh, yeah, as far as I know, King shows up. You got a picture of Yoshimitsu, the strangest ninja ever to have been constructed for a video game. And we've also got Bruce Lee, <clears throat> I mean, Martial Law. <laughs> and, uh, you know, his friend, Chuck Nort, I, <clears throat> I mean, Paul Phoenix. Tekken. Tekken. <laughs> <laughs> All of the other characters, eh. <laughs> There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them, and they are there. Tekken! Tekken! (laughs) So Uh, enjoying it so far? Enjoying it, yes. Uh, If for no other reason, then the nostalgia hits fucking hard with me. That's great. Yeah. That's how Castlevania was for me. I was like, oh, they did that. Oh, Oh, they brought that monster. Oh, they. Oh, oh, no. Ah, death. What? They're doing the thing. Nice. (laughs) I didn't think they'd use this creature. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, at at the bare minimum, I got to give Netflix some uh, kudos for its fan service. They 
they typically do a good job. Maybe. Oh yeah, the the fan service for Tekken Bloodlines, as it's called, uh, the fan service runs deep, but so does its commitment to the original story, save for one thing. This show features a character that literally was just created within the last year or so for Tekken 7, but he's somehow in this tournament. If I'm not mistaken, his name is Leroy. Jenkins! <laughs> I don't think his last name is Jenkins, but it would have been amazing <laughs> if it was. What a wasted opportunity. Right? Yeah, I didn't play Tekken 7, so... Oh, I think think Tekken 3 was actually my last Tekken, (laughs) now that I think about it. (laughs) Oh, I mean, it was a good one. I kind of wish that they would uh, remaster that. I think that's the only game I want remastered. I think you're going to get your wish. (laughs) Uh, 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 What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's probably happening. Oh, oh. Give it to me. (laughs) (laughs) I want it. Probably won't see it for a decade, but... Oh, for fuck's sake. They're working on it, apparently. Maybe. God, I'll be fucking 50 when they Rumors. Rumors. I'll be fucking 50 when they finally do it. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. Well, how are we going to bring that back to She-Hulk? Bad graphics. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) We uh, nailed the landing there. Um, it might have been the one thing that was nailed. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. I just got to talk about it. Yep, yep. So Emery brought it to my attention. Minor spoiler for She-Hulk Episode 3. Uh, a spoiler that literally, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. <laughs> They have She-Hulk twerking. <laughs> and then, of course, we had to look up the clip. And, of uh, course, uh, everybody's yeah. got, like, a million views on uh, it. Because uh, yeah. it's so stupid. Yeah, it's, <laughs> what are you doing? It, this is the, the the clapped cheeks heard around the world. Actually, <laughs> I take that back. You can't hear them because the cheeks aren't real. Oh, <laughs> oh Why? <laughs> Why did we waste our animation budget on that? It's so oh, it's there so was cringe. There was a sig- probably not nearly as significant as it should have been to make it look realistic. Uh, a portion of the budget went towards making Megan the Stallion talk to what I can only describe as a prettied up. Fiona from Shrek. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's I I haven't watched it yet because again I'm still watching Sandman and working through backlog, but it's so disappointing because like it's a it's nine episodes, so if it's bad, we got nine episodes to plow through. It's fucking six more to go. (laughs) But B, they've been so successful up to this point. I really like the worst one before this was good <laughs> like just like pretty good that's that's the low bar <laughs> and that's a great thing like yeah you talk about uh winter soldier or falcon winter soldier and then you got you know loki which was great and you know wandavision uh just moon knight was great you know miss marvel was solid like 
really no major complaints. And then they just put this <laughs> put this forward, and I I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just too jaded. But it, I just. The, I, thing, again, I haven't watched it, but from what I'm hearing from everyone, th- there's problems. Uh, it, yes, there are problems. Hopefully things uh, turn around and this was a mild detour that we're never, ever going to forget because did, did they made She-Hulk twerk. They made She-Hulk twerk. And you, they, they they devoted an entire episode to resolving whether or not a man would be delusional enough to think that he could pull Megan the Stallion. <laughs> Just why? They're uh, taking some tips from doing cocaine comics. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, with all those cuts, they got to send them somewhere. I, mm. Why not Disney Plus? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, if okay. Marvel clearly can't afford to continue to pay the wages that these effects artists clearly require in order to make things look any kind of passable. They hired the Green Lantern team. Oh, no. Hey, She-Hulk's green. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. You're hired. Uh, is DC still working on Green Lantern's mask? <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's on HBO Max, yes. God! <laughs> <laughs> because that's what they do. Uh, yep. The it's, Art is never finished, only abandoned, and DC has apparently yet to abandon that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, has anything else been going on in your world, in the world of nerddom? Uh, in the world of nerddom, apart from me uh, running uh, a home game of Dungeons and Dragons, um, I think that's really it. Uh, there was uh, <clears throat> an exciting episode that happened two weeks ago on Those Natural Ones that involved uh, one of the characters dying and mysteriously coming back to life. And where could you watch those natural ones i think it's a little place called twitch.tv forward slash those natural ones oh i i think that's where you can watch that can you watch it at 8 30 p.m eastern standard time every tuesday at 8 30 p.m eastern standard time how did you know that i just, i i pulled it out of nowhere yeah, oh just... man it's it's not like you're out a of viewer. the ether. It's not like you've watched. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is very good. I, I enjoy watching it every chance I get. Oh. Uh, yeah. Fun fact, we are now uh, Twitch affiliated, which means you can subscribe if you have an Amazon Prime membership. You can go to twitch.tv forward slash those natural ones and get a free subscription by clicking on... Use my Amazon Prime subscription. Uh, You have to do it once every month because they like the idea of you maybe thinking, oh, I might be done with this one. Let me put it over in here. Yeah. But uh, yes, please come check us out. Yeah, definitely take advantage of it. Not only does it help the show, but it's like if you're not using it, why not? Yeah, right. Why not? So if you have an Amazon Prime, take advantage of that and uh, go and support those natural ones. 
Our sister uh, channel. Oh, yeah. Uh, tell your friends. Well, uh, I have, like I said, just been watching Sandman. I'm now up to episode eight or nine, I believe. Um, I got to ask you about episode six. Okay. So that episode six, I believe, was the death episode, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was great. Yeah, it was very good. Really enjoyed it. Um, you know, we talk about like uh, the diversity casting that's you know very upfront in every episode. Mm-hmm. Death nailed it. Yeah, totally works. Yep. So uh, really enjoyed it. I still think Lucian sucks. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Lucian sucks. <laughs> you, you you just want Lucian to be Lurch from the fucking Adams family, or you know any kind of authoritative you know persona i don't she nothing wrong with the actress she does her best but she she does not have any air of authority about her to me i don't know Mm, okay like joanna constantine annoying that's not john constantine because there's brand recognition and i love john constantine but eh, i get it Uh, it seems stupid to have her in the past (laughs) with the same actress (laughs) and then have her in the present with the same actress uh you know but i'm glad they didn't kill the past storyline because it seems like clearly they're going to use it uh Uh, yeah for sure uh yep yeah i i do have to say episode six episode six had me floored like as someone who has read uh, the majority of the Sandman comics, um, them pretty much sticking to like the personality of Death and how they portrayed like what Death's job looks like. Yeah. Ooh. Like, it's, yeah. I mean, they they just nail the comic vibes so well. Absolutely. It, and it's it's funny because they like these past two or three episodes they've really done like kind of half stories like uh here's half a story from the comic here's another half the story from the comic and then we're gonna you know find a way to kind of merge them together yeah work them in yeah yeah, it totally works and uh yeah i mean i was a little worried on those first few episodes i i really think they brought it around and man it's so good (laughs) i can't wait to finish the series i'll probably finish it this week it's gonna be a priority for me and I, I'm just, I'm so stoked. Like, so much of the casting is so good. Like, Patton Oswald as the crow, as the raven, excuse me. Is, <laughs> yeah, is, different property. Is so good. Like, he is so good at voice acting, and he's perfect for that role. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, I just, ugh, I love it. And they bring big names. Like, they have Stephen Fry as, yeah. you know, Fiddler's Green. And, ugh, Perfect. Oh, yeah. Perfect casting. Oh, my God. That's why Lucian in particular annoys me so much, because I know (laughs) they can do perfect casting. They perfectly casted Lucifer. They perfectly casted, you know, um, Death. They perfectly casted, uh, you know, basically everybody but Lucian, (laughs) in my eyes. I can't stand Lucian. (laughs) Okay, I will say there is one thing that I have had a problem with in that show. Only one. And that's Lucifer's goddamn hairdo. <laughs> I think it's just because they were trying to make Lucifer, like, sexually ambiguous with the haircut. Okay, and, there uh, are plenty of ways to do that without leaving entire, like, holes open. <laughs> it's like, if you're going to have the where holes Where are here, her horns going to go? Uh, okay, if her horns are going to go there... Put the fucking horns there. 
<laughs> Don't just have the fucking weird holes where, like, I can just see all that forehead. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they have a thing for foreheads. Fuck it. Maybe. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, like, they've just nailed so many things. The Sandman himself is perfect casting that you would. Oh, my God. Came out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> I didn't know. I had no idea who this fucking actor was, you know, <laughs> until I saw that first trailer for Sandman. I'm like, he's perfect. <laughs> he was molded out of clay for this fucking role. Oh, yeah, they just they nailed so much of it. I'm so happy. I hope it's a success on Netflix because it definitely deserves more than 10 episodes. And Sandman has such a long history, like so many oh, stories to dive deep on. There's like, a ton to get into. And then oh there's my all God. the like sequels to the San- the original Sandman series that build even more, and just they they do so good. I, again, I think those. I think the second episode was a little rough in particular. First one's a little slow but intriguing, which is what you need in a first episode. Um, but they really turned it around quick. I mean, like episode three, four, uh, probably four. I think four is really where it picked up. And I was like, oh, oh, they're doing it perfectly. They're doing it so much justice with the visuals, uh, with the cues, with the script, with the actors and actresses portraying all the roles, except Lucian. Uh, <laughs> your one gripe. She annoys the fuck out of me. <laughs> she's, she's not authoritative. You got to be authoritative. Uh, it, it, she does seem like the one more prone to taking orders and giving them. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, really, really enjoying the series. Um, loving what Netflix is doing with it. But other than that, haven't really had much time to do much else. Got the baby on the way. We're now three weeks out on expected timelines. So. Getting to the nitty gritty here. Mm, down to the wire. Yep. Oh, God. I just remembered the part of the death episode where oh, she, yeah. she meets the baby. I, I did not tell Cindy that was coming up because I knew it was going to happen. They had to, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, at one point, I had told her, uh, there's something that'll like really upset you if they do it, if they follow the comic. So, And she... And they did it. And Cindy <laughs> took a guess and she's like, are they going to hurt a baby? it's like the first thing that came to her mind fuck (laughs) it is the worst thing possible for her and sure enough it was traumatizing uh uh, yeah so as it's meant to and we were watching together she just turned around youtube channel people look at the and just gave me this look (laughs) i was like i didn't say a word i just nodded (laughs) when she realized what was happening yeah, that's uh, mm. uh, for anyone who's a parent or about to become a parent. That moment always hits. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I traumatized her <laughs> watching this show with her while she's three weeks from giving birth. Yeah, I, I yeah. think the the thing that uh, from that episode that always like gets me is the the old man. The old man who like says a prayer one last time, yeah, and then that that like, that part gave me goosebumps almost instantly. You just, I, I'm getting goosebumps again thinking about it. Yeah, just <laughs> like the the concept of death coming to you and you don't even realize when you die. It's just like yeah. it, it's. I'm getting goosebumps so hard right now. <laughs> My hair's standing straight up. Uh, yeah. It's it's so good. If you're if you are not watching Netflix Sandman, please 
go watch it. If you have a Netflix subscription, go watch it now. It is so good and so worth your time. It'll make you think. It'll make you feel. Uh, it'll impress you with its visuals, with its acting. It'll surprise you, even if you're a fan of the comic like I am. Like, Yeah, um, it still managed to surprise me. Yeah, it's so good. It enhances the material, which is something I never expect <laughs> from a visual adaptation. I usually expect the visual medium to like... Kind okay, of, kind uh, this, of maybe this, detract a little. It's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's missing this and this and that. No, like, with the exception of my one complaint, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really think they nailed everything. Like, just the, the characters, the interactions, the script. Uh, just they did such a wonderful job. And the funny thing is, they use like guest directors on almost every episode. So there's there's a distinct, different feel for every episode. A lot like the Sandman itself, which uses different artists throughout the series and different art styles throughout the series. So oh yeah, um, yeah, really, really can't sing its praises enough. <sighs> so good. And then the next episode featured like my favorite character, the the Undying Man. The guy who thinks that dying is for fucking simps. And I love it. <laughs> He's my favorite character from the comic by far. It's oh, not even close. Absolutely. I love him. I love him. <laughs> He's such a douche. <laughs> but they keep him alive because they're buds. He keeps they're him, bros. He keeps him alive because, I mean, certainly after having lived that long, you'd long for death now, right? Yeah. Like, and again, no, I, d I don't want to spoil things. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to talk too much about it because I want people that haven't read the comic to go in with fresh eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 so good. it's good. It's, it's so good. It's good. Watch it, please. And they really pay respect to the comic. Like the Neil Gaiman is. It's, I just can't express it. Like okay. they, they touch on every like little minute detail from the comic in, in the dialogue. That's. Like a throwaway line that doesn't matter to the entire story, but adds so much depth to the characters. Like they flesh out characters in such a short amount of time. Oh, and I, you fucking feel it. Uh, so good. Yeah. Okay, uh, watch it on Netflix for the love of God. For this one alone, get a subscription that does not have ads. <laughs> please, yeah, please don't break it up with ads. Oh, no. Oh, it, it deserves to be seen entirely uninterrupted. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's been uh, long enough for the intro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we went into it a bit. A but Good little catch up. Yeah. So good. So good. Right. Uh, we do have uh, small corrections from last week. Uh, it'll basically... The first half of our news is just corrections. Yeah. Um, but uh, we missed a few of the Gamescom announcements with the sorts we were using. And then, sure enough, a lot of these video game companies released news right after Gamescom. Of course. So, of course, they weren't included in uh, last week's episode, which we recorded last Friday. Um, so we're going to go through a lot of the, the games we just missed out on and a lot of the news that broke right after Gamescom. And then we also had a throwaway uh, mention of the Wolverine suit cameo. We couldn't remember what the exact color was, and we were trying to find pictures and where it came from. But it was actually a cut scene from the Wolverine, and uh, it featured a yellow and black Wolverine outfit in the kind of classic uh, aesthetic. Yep. And it was basically a helmet and gloves. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. I, like I know, 
I was right because I remember like looking at that picture of that thing that I know didn't show up in the fucking movie. Yeah. And like what the what do you mean that wasn't in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean that's a cut? They they left that on yeah. the cutting mother. Well, it was even more <clears throat> confusing because uh, when I was looking it up, I remembered two different like shots of it. I remember the one from the cut scene, yeah, which I thought was the same one, and then I remember a picture of it, which I thought came from some other you know cameo. But no, it was a set picture that was just in different lighting, right? Of the same. It was like <laughs> apparel, an, like and an it, open look at the briefcase. Yeah, and because of the lighting, it looks like a little brownish on the black parts because it's like a it's like a like a grayish charcoaly black. Yeah, uh, on the black parts, and it just had like brown yellow lights. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was black. It was black and yellow. But it it did look pretty dope. I, like especially in the side shot from the cutscene, I was like, oh yeah, that could totally work. I'm not even a fucking Wolverine fan. I was. I was blown away <laughs> at like yeah. the design that could clearly have worked on Hugh Jackman's head, and that it never fucking happened. <laughs> nope, it was right there. Deadpool three, do it. <laughs> do it, you cowards! Oh, see, give it to us. The only way Hugh Jackman is going to be in that movie is if he. <laughs> Does the opening music number as Hugh Jackman and no one else? Well, he can join the cast of Joker 2, Foley Adu. <laughs> the fucking worst idea ever. All right, we got to get to the news. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot. There's too much pain. There, they, oh, it hurts. Uh, first up on the news, uh, this was a game, ironically, that I was most excited about from Gamescom, and I completely forgot on the news last week. So. Unfortunate, but uh, High on Life was a really surprising like favorite of the show. This is a zany shooter coming from the uh, Rick and Morty creator, uh, Justin Roiland, at Squanch Games, his game studio. Uh, the game is about a bounty about doing bounty hunts for aliens with various living weapons that talk to you and scream at you and react to everything. <clears throat> it's coming December 13th, 2022. It was delayed from uh, its original November expected release date. However, it will be only on Xbox One, Series X, Steam, and Epic's Game Store, and it will be on Game Pass Day 1. So, sorry, Sony. Nothing for you. Uh, that's fine. I don't want to think about uh, tickling a living creature in order to get them to shoot something out at someone. <laughs> It's so funny. I love it. And like the the combat looks pretty fun too. Like yeah, they're using like zip lines and stuff. Like uh, what's that? I want it. It was like an old PlayStation title. Uh, zip lines. Yeah, it's like Commando. Some Bionic Commando. Is that the one where he's got like the the rapple attachment on his arm? Oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's Bionic Commando. Yeah. Bionic Commando is very reminiscent of that in the boss footage they showed where these like little objects are all over the place and use them to fly around and avoid the attacks. Uh, just looks really fun. And like you can juggle anime or enemies, you know, like Devil May Cry style and stuff. Like it's just it's just bonkers. I think I would like uh, a game like that a lot more if it wasn't in first person. For my own like motion <clears throat> motion sickness, uh, 
games like that, I can maybe do like 10 minutes at a time before I start to feel it. I wonder if they'll do a VR version. Just have you blow chunks everywhere. I'd <laughs> <laughs> be in line with uh, Rick and Morty because uh, that's what they do constantly, which uh, is why I can't fucking watch that show. <laughs> yeah, it grosses me out. Nothing against you personally, Justin Roiland, but God damn it, if the entirety of Rick and Morty is exhausting anywhere past season one. Does Rick really have to vomit every time he speaks? Uh, do, do we really need him belching vomit all the time? Is that necessary? Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I it, hate it. it like, <laughs> so it, gross. It sounds like a condition that he should be seeking medical at- uh, attention for, but but no. He never does. <laughs> and then he turns into a pickle. Because <sighs> reasons. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Uh, next up, we got some uh, gameplay footage of the Forspoken game coming in January. We talked about it previously getting delayed uh, <laughs> because of executives, uh, apparently, not because the game wasn't ready. Apparently, executives made the... the wait for it executive decision to delay the game for business reasons so uh interesting thoughts there that we uh discussed on a previous episode i think episode 60 if you want to go look at that but Uh, uh, yeah yeah the gameplay looked very much like a spell-based devil may cry as we alluded to before like they even have a rating system <laughs> for uh, how flashy your attacks are. Yeah, it, it looks wild. It It's animated, it, very crisp and clean. Yeah, uh, one of the best looking games at the Gamescom oh, for sure. presentation. Uh, my only issue is that it, it it's probably going to come down to the dialogue. Yeah. It's like the... I have nothing against Isekai. Nothing against that. The concept of being a regular person pulled into a fantastical land. Japan's done it about a hundred thousand times and they usually seem to work. Yeah. For some reason, the dialogue just it it makes me cringe. It makes me cringe real hard. Yeah, and that seems to be the consensus among everybody is that the gameplay is awesome. It looks beautiful. But it's just extremely cringe. And I mean, that's literally the quote <laughs> that came out of IGN, GameSpot, like all of these outlets that you can generally trust. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is going to be a great game, but it's cringe. It, it, <laughs> be prepared. Be, be prepared for dialogue so cringe and stilted that it makes you feel like your teenage daughter is asking you what's happening on the screen every 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll see maybe once you like get past that introductory phase where the character is like figuring out what the fuck is going on why am i here what is this how do i do that like maybe it'll get more bearable but uh, right uh, like uh, i just want the character to just lean into the whole like they're in a fantasy world and maybe you know kind of wean themselves off of oh i was from the regular like the a regular dimension where people are normal yeah like why is all of this so weird <laughs> like just please tell me there's a point where she just accepts her place in this world please yeah we'll see but it does look very good uh 
other than that. Uh, right. So it's like and literally it, everything else looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's great to see like, hey, this is a big AAA new property that could be great. So looking forward to that. Uh, next up on the news, uh, these are two announcements, totally separate game studios, uh, totally unique ideas, but uh, very similar to each other and coming out on the same exact date, November 17th of this holiday season. We have Squirrel with a Gun and Goat Simulator 3. Why are you like this? <laughs> Who raised you? <laughs> Why are you both releasing your, like, animal fucking anarchy games? <laughs> like, you're anim- a new genre. <laughs> animal anarchy. Animal anarchy. I was going to call it animal terrorism, but that sounds like you're terrorizing the animals as opposed to the animals being the terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I like, we all know what Goat Simulator is. Oh, yeah. You're just getting more of it and more bombastic and redis- ridiculous with its physics engine and a little bit more polish around the edges. Squirrel with a Gun is fucking hilarious. I, <laughs> I, I've watched the trailer for Squirrel with a Gun like three or four times <laughs> where he's using the fucking gun to like get to new platforms by shooting down and like jettisoning himself up in the air. <laughs> oh my God. And he's just approaching people and the people are like, oh, how cute. And then it pulls out a fucking pistol. And they, it's so ridiculous. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> Uh, added to the list of games you have yet to complete. I completed Goat Simulator 1. Okay. When? Uh, years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thankfully, it wasn't recent. <laughs> it'll, it'll be a good pre-show game. Get uh, us in the mood. Oh, yeah. Terrorize a small town with a squirrel with a pistol. <laughs> uh, and, or an Uzi. I saw yeah. an Uzi in one of them. <laughs> that, that's amazing. Uh, I just recently on my my kid's birthday uh gave her the untitled goose game by a studio called house house perfect for the genre <laughs> you literally spent you, you spend all of your time in that game terrorizing a neighborhood as a goose <laughs> It, it is, what animal will be next? Oh God, uh, possum, <laughs> possum, <laughs> plutonic possum. Ooh, possum with nukes. Oh, next this time everyone else will be playing dead. <laughs> <laughs> next up on the news, we got uh, a final preview of Splatoon three before its imminent release on Nintendo Switch, coming September 9th. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, it's it's more Splatoon. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's the exact it's same more, game. More more of the same. Yeah, it looks the same. In fact, it probably looks worse <laughs> because it hasn't aged well. It's, it's, congratulations, it's, uh, Nintendo. Yeah. You're, let's make the same game and slap a three on it. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm going to say it. I'll... I'm sorry, Nintendo fanboys. I know they make legendary titles and have legendary franchises and have a certain degree of pedigree and creativity throughout their lifetime. They suck right now. Like, they got to step up their game. 
like they're just they're being lazy <laughs> their their platform is old they have oppressive like company standards for how they you know monetize everything and refuse to allow people to play old <laughs> you know franchises in any redeemable way and just like uh, just the copyright strikes and the cease and desist of fan Ooh, projects and yeah. stuff like that just petty stuff that it, they're not selling it <laughs> why <laughs> i don't it's it's frustrating yeah don't even get me started on fucking pokemon yeah just, uh, that that i'll tell you right now their games it, are getting worse not the, better the, like, <laughs> it's the, like breath of the wild was the last like arguably good game that they really like improved upon maybe animal crossing i guess and, but and I'm pretty sure Breath of the Wild 2 just got another uh, release date uh, delay recently. It's not coming to Switch. All, all these people that are like, <laughs> oh, if they keep, they said it's coming to the Switch. No. It, they're they're going to make a new console eventually or an upgraded version of the Switch. Yeah, it's, it's not... going to be like the Switch yeah. 3D or like the... Switch VR, (laughs) (laughs) the Switch U, Switch U. Oh god, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They're they're crazy, and sometimes it works for them. It's like doing cocaine comics, DC comics. Yep. Sometimes they're insane, and it works out, and we're like, wow, the world's a better place because they're insane. Yeah. Most of the time, no. Most of the time, absolutely not. No. Most of the time, it's go get help so you can do. good more consistently as opposed to occasionally doing great and mostly doing bad yeah like your fans are literally going to the stock market and buying forty thousand dollars <laughs> worth of your stock so that they can attend your stockholder meeting and ask you directly why you're not working on their favorite franchises <laughs> what are you doing i don't know uh, when you spend forty thousand dollars on stock, just so you can ask, why the hell aren't you touching F-Zero? You guys need to change some of the guard out so you can maybe reprioritize the rest of your fucking line. Just, oh, my God. I just don't know why they're so stagnant. They're such a legendary, you know, developer and, you know, platform designer. Like... <laughs> Show it to us. What are you doing? You have all these COVID years to like come up with new ideas and innovate, and you gave us nothing. <laughs> you gave us like some like recycled party games and oh, the recycling wor- one of the worst Ooh. Pokemon games of all time. Like, just... <laughs> then you're turning like mobile games <laughs> into <laughs> actual games. Like, no, you can't take Pokemon Go and put a Pikachu or an Eevee on it and call it a new game. Just... This is how backwards, how behind the times they are. For Pokemon in specific, there's literally a game called Temtem that comes out in like a couple of days. It's basically an answer to Pokemon. Yeah. So they've been so stagnant, competition has started to spring up. Well, of course, their lawyers are involved and will continue to be involved. They they just there's some uh, mobile like ripoff game. It's like Pocket Monster, blah blah blah. Oh yeah, and uh, they're suing them for like twenty seven million dollars. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why why don't you design a game instead of spending all your time on lawsuits on you know 
fans that are creating better games because you refuse to creating better versions of the official games that you've been releasing because they care it's frustrating it's very frustrating but it's only because we love you nintendo that we criticize you Uh, yes be better if we did for for your fans please if we didn't love you we'd just be indifferent and say oh another one (laughs) (laughs) all right next up on the news a big announcement this one came after gamescom assassin's creed mirage has been announced as the next main entry into the ubisoft series uh it is rumored to feature the star basim who appeared in assassin's creed valhalla uh it is clearly taking place in the middle east somewhere uh most of the previous rumors seem to set the game in baghdad uh which is very cool great historical location uh and uh a lot of people are frustrated because it's not japan like everybody wants but you know what it's It's not gonna happen it's almost like they made a ninja game and they just want people to say hey we're gonna make this ninja game in the land of where the ninja happened (laughs) (laughs) but they're never gonna do it (laughs) yeah i have a i'm gonna put on my aluminum hat right now Uh, here comes the tinfoil I think they're doing it because that we know that they're working on a reboot slash remake of the original Assassin's Creed game. Oh. And I honestly think they're doing it because they can share assets in the Middle East and use similar aesthetics, similar locations, and just reskin them a little bit, retexture them a little bit, and just use the same exact things. Did the first one take place in Jerusalem? Partially, yeah. 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 It bounces around, but yeah, Jerusalem is a big portion. Oh boy, uh, Basim. The uh, said uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I didn't play that one. Yeah, I haven't gotten to it yet. The last one I played was uh, Origins, which is in Egypt. Um, and then Odyssey just looks so daunting, like as a backlog. And uh, we've talked about this on the show before, but I'm one of the few, uh, you know, minority Assassin's Creed players that actually liked what they were doing with the first three. Well technically for five games because there was like three versions of two with brotherhood and uh all the other ones but talking about the the desmond miles section of those games yeah because it it gave you a reason to care why these are all connected and then when spoiler alert for a very old game when they kill him off in assassin's creed 3 to basically give humanity a chance to kind of deal with the situation on their own instead of letting this solar flare destroy the planet oh yeah (laughs) Uh, and basically restart humanity with a handful of people um i I feel like when they killed him they really just removed the reason to have these connected at all like why do you care about abstergo anymore because like right abstergo basically won like there's no (laughs) there's like two assassins left (laughs) yeah and they're they're not fighters yeah the the so-called good guys lost yeah they they won but lost at the same time because of weird computer alien lady also do we ever get back to the weird computer alien lady sometimes (laughs) (laughs) for for no apparent reason (laughs) like like oh this game that you're enjoying where you get to travel to the past uh oh the weird alien future past lady yeah uh letting you know that all of it's connected (laughs) and 
Hey, we're trying to, like, burn up your planet because we have all judged you. I mean, well, we've judged you and we found you wanting. Yeah, it's it's weird. <laughs> like, yeah. They, because Assassin's Creed 4 and Assassin's Creed Rogue and Assassin's Creed Unity, like, they still tried to, like, keep that storyline going. And but like, go it, back to it a little bit here You were playing, like, yourself working at an Abstergo office in most of those games in some way, shape, or form. And, like, it just didn't work. Like, no, it, you didn't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> right. And then, like, they just slowly started, like, not even having the weird alien lady in there. And then, like, Odyssey, they go way off the deep end. Ben, and like now you're meeting weird alien lady <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like what <laughs> like hold on yeah it's uh, so weird yeah they, they I, went they went off the deep end and they lost the story and if they are doing a reboot and not a remake i kind of hope they like make the story interesting again and give you a reason to care about these characters oh but it's not gonna happen god imagine them rebooting it but there's no desmond miles yeah, they're just gonna start with Altier and then just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh yeah, you're just you're in the past. Yeah. F- fuck the present. It's like th- this is where the story starts. Yeah. we think. Yeah, so we'll see. But that's yeah. my aluminum hat. You know, resource management theory. Uh, next up, we had a Warhammer 40k trailer. Uh, it's called Warhammer 40k uh, Dark Tide. It'll be a first-person shooter. It will have four-player co-op and will be in the tradition of Left 4 Dead. Uh, basically, you're on this planet. I, I, I kind of wish my buddy John was on here because he's a huge Warhammer 40k guy. Uh, he has the figurines and plays the game, really enjoys it. Uh, and that lore is deep. Like oh, it's deep and it's dark. Those those books are so thick. (laughs) They're (laughs) thick, boy. Thick. Two C's. (laughs) Oh no, we're on cues for Warhammer. Oh yeah. Good God. (laughs) But uh, it it looks really cool. Uh, I uh, hopefully Warhammer 40k fans really like it. Are are you a Warhammer 40k fan? Uh, Vaguely. I mean, I I know about some like some phrases here and there like blood for the blood god skull for the skull throne yeah uh i know a a little bit about the uh about the factions like uh the tyranid which are the i think the weird like space lizard people yeah uh the eldar which are the space elf people uh i do know a factoid like Starcraft, the game, was originally supposed to be a Warhammer game. Yep. But uh, then it got, uh, for legal and rights reasons, uh, had to reconfigure most of that. Mm. Um, I've played the game once, and it might have been with uh, someone who might have been playing fast and loose with the rules. <laughs> Okay. Or, or so specifically, we're home monopoly rules. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit fast and loose with uh, when the rules applied, which was oh, for me they did, and maybe for him they didn't so much. <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah. As someone who's into D and D, Warhammer 40k seems like a. Imagine going from having a bunch of people playing a game where they're all their characters and one person is the entire world that they interact with. Mm -hmm. And then 
you take that, get rid of everyone except for it being one player versus another player, and each of you basically has an entire army that you have to keep track of on a battlefield, that mm, it can be fun. It seems like it should be, like, really, like, wild and exciting. It's like, basically, like, in my mind, I'm imagining, like, reenacting war movies this way. Yeah. But the when it comes to the rules and how everything works, at least to me, it seems a little needlessly obtuse. <laughs> and the last time I played a game, the game itself took, like, six hours. Well, yeah, it sounds like Dungeons and Dragons to me, but <laughs> uh, it, a session of Dungeons and Dragons should be half that long, maybe. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's it's definitely a daunting type of game hobby, it, much like yeah, it, for me, Dungeons and Dragons is similarly daunting and just like yeah, it, there's it, a you have to know a lot and learn a lot to get really into it. <laughs> Maybe Babby's first D and D will prove <laughs> me wrong, but it just always seems so daunting. Oh, so much lore and stuff that yeah. I don't know that I probably yeah. need to know to really get the full enjoyment out of it. Uh, and then yeah, well, with, with Warhammer in yeah. particular, the the thing that always kind of pushed me away from it a little bit was the aesthetics. Mm. I feel like if there wasn't a visual representation of it, if it was just like a book series, I would probably be more into more willing it. to jump into it but for some reason like the bulky like, like comically the... bulky like cartoonishly bulky like armor characters and everything it for some reason it's just like i don't know yeah the it, 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 space marines and all of the other factions that you have to deal with they're all basically constructed in a overly bulky manner Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gears of War is the same way. Yeah, I feel like Gears of War is just like somebody took Warhammer 40k and just made it their own. You know? Oh, it, entirely. Yeah, it's like the oversized. Like everyone's way too thick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, um, uh, I mean, if you're trying to take into account people taking multiple bullets and still being able to move, yeah, sure, fine. God. Damn it! If it isn't like oppressive, just in its design. Yeah, uh, and, and I mean, people love it. Like, there's which is yeah. great. I'm happy they love it. But <laughs> for whatever reason, in my perspective, it's just like, ah, do I really want to jump into this? It's a lot. Looks like a lot of work, a lot of homework, a lot of. It's a lot of money too. Yeah, yeah. The like a set of like a platoon can cost you like 50 bucks right there. Yeah, and it's it's just like a lot of franchise. My buddy John is not like this at all. He he was actually <clears throat> trying to recruit me into it a lot. But oh, yeah. um a lot of these Warhammer 40k players, they're they're like they're like badge protectors, you know, like gatekeepers. And it's like uh, there's nothing I, worse than like <laughs> a, a a franchise that's already hard to get into with gatekeeping at the front of it. And, oh, yeah, that's... With, with just like the culture you know, the community culture. So I don't know. I just never could get into it. I feel well, like, I feel like Halo just took like 
the basis of Warhammer 40k and made it sleeker, oh, <laughs> a little more coherent and easy to digest. Sleek, shiny, streamlined. Yeah, they even got you're, the cultist aliens. <laughs> you're a big old dude in a power suit, and your job is to kill aliens. And we swear you're not the Doom guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, if, if it's any consolation, uh, Henry Cavill, your favorite Superman, is a Warhammer 40k fan. Well, he's he's like super nerd, which I love him for. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also a millionaire with a lot of time on his hands, so good for him. Good for him. <laughs> but yeah, look forward to that. The game does look pretty cool. Um, and, you know, obviously Left 4 Dead is a great series. So if it's anything like that, you you probably got a hit on your hand. The caveat is that you probably have to get four people to play with you <laughs> to get like the full enjoyment out of it. Uh, we'll see. Yep. We'll see how it goes. Uh, next up, we got first look at AEW Fight Forever. Um, it's publicly announced as trying to capture the nostalgia of the N64 era wrestling games, which is widely regarded as the most enjoyable wrestling uh, game era with oh, the WCW games and the WWF games. Oh, yeah. That was the fucking Attitude Era. Yeah. And the the games were great. Like, really yeah. enjoyable. Like, get together with your friends, play locally. Had a lot of fun with them. Um, unfortunately, from my perspective, it kind of looks like them, too. Ooh. They don't... It doesn't look good. Oh. It's not... Like... It, oh, no. I'm sure it's enjoyable to play, but... Does you know, it look bad? It looks really bad. <laughs> and, you know, <clears throat> I get it. Like, we have a lot of nostalgia for the N64 games and the N64 era, but the controllers were dog shit. <laughs> so the controls were dog shit. Uh, yeah. And we just accommodated it because it was fun and we didn't know better yet. We didn't know that we needed three whole hands to work a fucking N64. Yeah. N64 had one little analog stick <laughs> and it was terrible and gave you blisters <laughs> yeah it was terrible it gave you blisters it was in the middle with its own handle for some reason yeah so I, you know do we have to because <laughs> 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 AEW's, you know a great wrestling product that you know has been doing very well uh competing with wwe and really introducing a western competitive brand that is viable and has a lot and i mean a lot of top tier wrestlers and wrestling talent like uh, i don't know like uh, i just <laughs> i feel like uh, they listened to too many you know aging nostalgic old men and now they're gonna make a game that's kind of clunky clunky and outdated yeah so although i will say if it's got orange cassidy <laughs> <laughs> we have priorities here. We, we do I have priorities uh, like hey if you got him. <laughs> hey, Orange. How'd you like the game? Freshly squeezed. Freshly <laughs> squeezed. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you're listening to the podcast, you got nothing from that. But yeah. uh, if you're oh, watching yeah. the YouTube channel, hit like and subscribe. Please. <laughs> uh, next up on the news, we got the last entry in the Dark Pictures Anthology series from Supermassive Games. It's called The Devil in Me. Uh, it will feature a several playable characters. Uh, you know, the series, if you're not familiar, is uh, very much like a Telltale style, you know, playable characters. Um, 
looks really good. I haven't got a chance to dive into it. I think the first one uh, came out for free on PlayStation Plus a couple months ago. Mm. So I do have it on my system. I do need to play it. But it'll feature uh, kind of like a Saw-like House of Horrors. Um, the, when talking about the game uh, at Gamescom, the developers were saying they adopted a lot of features of the H.H. Holmes uh, murder house from the 1800s where he basically had like trap doors and like murder rooms and torture rooms hidden throughout the house. Are you familiar with H.H. Holmes? No. So he's he's called America's first serial killer. Uh, in the 1800s, he had this like huge property and he would invite like affluent people over to like stay at his property and hang out and he would trick them in the middle of the night basically and like you know make sure that like toilet trees were in a place where they had to go through a certain route and then they would fall through a trap door or he'd close the door behind them and lock them and then like fill the room with gas or like have they he would literally have like trap doors with chutes that would go to the basement and he would like (laughs) attack them there and torture them and mutilate them and then he'd bury them under the ground in the basement and they don't they still don't know exactly how many people he murdered before he got caught but yeah he murdered a lot of people in a literal house of horrors house of horrors this man sounds like jack the ripper had his own fucking home alone like system at home what the yeah, america edition what the fuck because <laughs> america because... a lot of people actually think that like he was jack the ripper that he like because he did travel to london and back a few times yeah but i don't believe that uh, that i don't believe also h.h H. holmes you're telling me we had a triple h all the way we back sure when <laughs> we sure did <laughs> speaking of wrestling oh uh, fuck yeah but it, it's really interesting i think there's a Speaking of Netflix as well, there's a Netflix documentary about him, which oh. is really interesting. Which is how I found out about him. I didn't, I didn't know anything about H. H. Holmes. Didn't know he existed. But yeah, what if you have a chance, watch that documentary. It's really interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, this horror game looks great. Looks really cool. It's not. It's pretty neat that they're taking historical context and account and like using real things that people experienced and had to yeah. go through and like. Yeah, I guess it's kind of gross, but I mean, 1800s. Like, uh, yeah. I, I think we're past the statute of limitations for <laughs> creative <laughs> interpretation. Yeah. Uh, it. The Dark Pictures Anthology is something that I've been meaning to get into, but for some reason, I don't know what it is. I think it there's something about the, the photoreal uh, character models. There's like it's that uncanny valley. There's just like I know that's supposed to be a model of a real person's face, and it's because of that that my brain's just not not vibing with it. The Wendigo was in Until Dawn, uh, mm. which is a PlayStation exclusive for the PS4, uh, and they made some other games uh, after that. But that game was probably the most successful and most significant, and that was like photorealistic. It was like playing like an old school horror film. Oh and, my God. You know, characters could die. You could learn the true ending or not. You could figure out what was going on or not. You know, you had to use a lot of environmental clues to like suss out the full story. And it, it was, it was really cool. Really neat. And I really, really enjoyed it. And like my wife and I, you know, we like to play these story based games together. The problem is a lot of them are like 
seasonal <laughs> so oh. you get, like you can only play one episode at a time or you can wait for all of them to come out but like right it's weird because like i want to support the creator if i enjoy it but i'm not gonna play your game until all the episodes are out <laughs> which means i won't buy the game until all the episodes are out and i'll probably get them at a discount so right i, I think that's an argument against seasonal content in general but uh yeah it, it was really good and i i get very strong vibes uh that this is going to be in a similar breadth um yeah definitely sounds like like it would be entirely up their alley <laughs> and sure enough it's the same developer <laughs> who would have guessed <laughs> so, uh i i had this nagging feeling that these were the same people but i couldn't put my finger on it <laughs> well now i'm gonna have a crazy edit here for you Enjoy. Mediocre. Mediocre. And speaking of gruesome murders, the latest victim of the Axe of Zaslav over at Discovery Warner Brothers. Oh, he strikes again. Uh, This time, it's an event. The uh, yearly DC digital streaming fan event, Fandome, has been officially canceled for 2022. Um, it was started about two years ago, probably in response to COVID and cancellation of San Diego Comic-Con, stuff like that, uh, where they basically had a bunch of trailers and a bunch of interviews and really cool stuff for their upcoming products. Now, granted, I didn't want to see most of their upcoming products, but, uh, there, you didn't want to see most of their upcoming products and you wonder why the acts of Zaslav has claimed so many, <laughs> Yeah, it's, he's cleaning house for you. Yes, I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's probably the wrong decision when you have uh, three titles coming up with Black Adam, Shazam two, and Aquaman two. If we ever see that, uh, and then you got several in the can that you insist on going forward with, like The mm. Flash. Um, mm-hmm. you got Blue Beetle in the can. Uh, you have the canceled movies, but you know we'll not talk about those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know why you wouldn't want to promote your own products unless they weren't coming. They're gonna get canceled. Ooh, Black Adam Two is probably too late, but I yeah, think, that, that I think one's the people probably that, definitely in the can already. Yeah, as much as I want to see Shazam 2, I think the creators of Shazam 2 and all the people that worked on Aquaman 2 should probably be worried <laughs> that oh. they're not going to get their royalty checks. Oh, they should absolutely be worried. So we'll see. Again, this whole merger thing is kind of gross and uh, just... Uh, it's. I, Here, I, they're doing the, the right things for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> That's what worries me most. It, it, here's the thing. When your greatest export to the world is Batman and the Ags of Zaslav still cuts down your Batman project, everybody get worried. <laughs> Literally everyone. No one is fucking safe. You're next. You might be, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to clip that. (laughs) Uh, Next up on the news, Halo Infinite's Forge Mode will be officially coming in November. Uh, Forge Mode was essentially an in-game developer tool where you can make your own levels and stuff like that. However, the long-promised split-screen functionality, which is kind of core to the Halo franchise... Uh, has been cut and will not be coming because uh, they want to work on, you know, paid content. 
So. <sighs> Xbox, do you even have games? <laughs> no, that's why they're all on PC. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> they have to keep buying studios to make games for them because they refuse to make good games. Make games for them that still get ended up uh, going straight to... What was it? Steam? Epic Game Store? Those other ways that you can buy this game that don't have to go directly through Microsoft. Guys, come the fuck on. I mean, (laughs) as a general gamer, it's a good thing for everybody to be able to access these properties. And they're probably going to make more money having it on PC and Xbox than not (laughs) on PC. Not on Epic Game Store. Not on Steam. Because those are just extra revenue avenues but uh, corporate greed come on man corporate greed why can't we have split screen functionality some of the best memories of playing halo was playing it with friends on split screen and playing the campaigns together on the couch in split screen it's we were doing this 10 15 20 25 years ago with these split screen functionalities it's it can't be that hard i get that you have to you know render two different points of view and two different uh camera angles for the split screen function to work or if you're doing three people or four people it gets more and more you know processor intensive but we can do this it's been done before on worse hardware Buy another Xbox. Come on, man. Buy another Xbox and another television. (laughs) Yeah, we'll go back to the TV route where you get achievements for watching TV. Uh, That was a horrible launch. Oh, with the fucking voice-activated bullshit? Yeah. Yeah, that was... Xbox One. (laughs) Xbox turn off. (laughs) Uh, we just shut off like half of our viewership. Uh, but no, again, like Nintendo, we only say this because we care. We love you, Xbox and Microsoft. Don't fuck us. <laughs> Please. You have one major game title out that's exclusive to your console right now. One. Stop fucking us. <laughs> we want to support you. Ugh. Next up on the news, Team Reptile, developer of the Jet Set Radio spiritual successor Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, has delayed their game until summer of 2023. Aww. The game is confirmed for Nintendo Switch and Steam when it does eventually come out, but will likely be on other platforms shortly after release. Uh, I don't know if you saw footage of the game. Looks awesome. Like, I'm really excited for this. Should be fun. Little nostalgia trip again. Um... It doesn't look like super system intensive. Uh, yeah. Did you really have to delay it that much? It was supposed to come out this year. Yeah. I mean, bug fixes and all that. Sure. Go yeah. ahead. Take your time. Make sure it's good. And again, uh, there's there's several delays on the news, but I, I noticed it comes out right after Gamescom, which again, we were putting on our tinfoil hats <laughs> last week talking about different reasons why they may doing maybe delaying these things to different dates and oh, yeah. we were surprised how much shit was coming holiday of this year it after was a lot being announced at the end of august beginning of september 
when there was fucking nothing before that. It was like God of War, Call of Duty, nothing else. And now everything's coming holiday of 2022, which makes me think that all of these new, re- very recent delays are like business decisions. Like, it's going to be too crowded. We're not going to get any oh, air. Yeah. That, I mean, if what happened to Horizon Forbidden West is any indication... Uh, release dates for video games have now become just as ubiquitous as the release dates for movies. Mm-hmm. Like the reason why you don't post some, post a new movie at the beginning of m- not March May is because you don't want to have to compete with a Marvel movie. Yep, it, it's now it's become the same thing. No one wants to compete with God of War Ragnarok because we know everyone's buying God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, I'll, I will be very forgiving of these extended development times if they make the game better by the time it comes out. If they're just putting it in the can and not doing any kind of improvement or, oh, you know, yeah. any kind of synchronization or anything, like... Like making the wait worth it. Why are you wasting our time? <laughs> We're just gonna like, forget your game by the time it comes out. Like, why even wait? Just release it now if it's fucking done. Yeah. Next up on the news, again talking about uh, delays. N Night Games announced its Woodland Horror Survival game is being delayed to February of 2023, but it will be priced at thirty dollars. So that's pretty cool. The game is a sequel to the 2014 survival horror game that was well reviewed, called The Forest. I don't know. Have you seen footage of this game? Uh, no, I've only seen the title card. Yeah, again, like a lot of these kind of like mid-tier games, it, it looks a little rough around the edges, but I thought it was a pretty cool idea. Hmm. And so basically you're kind of lost in this forest and you, there's like these, I don't want to say maybe zombies, but like a, a ton of horror elements that are more or less like in your environment but you're trying to survive at the same time like just normal survival and then you have the complication of these fucking zombie things coming at you and attacking your camp and you know all sorts of shenanigans and it actually has a you know an actual story to go along with it so it's not just like pointless survival to see how long you can do it it uh, weirdly made me think of don't starve (laughs) yeah (laughs) don't starve is awesome yeah i I played Don't Starve way too long before I realized there wasn't much of a point. (laughs) Like, I thought there was going to be, like, this deep thing. And there is a loose story, and there is a loose conclusion to it. Yeah, like, once you, like, jump worlds and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. the way to get to it is so convoluted. Like, there's no way you would figure it out without a guide. (laughs) It's just way too convoluted. It takes way too much time. you literally fall into it by accident. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Don't Starve, awesome game. Really loved it. And then they released the like update with, so you could play multiplayer on it, which is yeah, perfect. Yeah, perfect. Good job, guys. Well uh, done. Next up on the news, Sony and Tencent, uh, the Chinese uh ownership group, which has been buying up a lot of media and video game developers recently, have both made moves to own a combined 30% of the developer FromSoft, who's famous for uh, Dark Souls, Demon Souls, Bloodborne, Elden Ring, among other things. Um, Sony now owns 14.09%, and Tencent owns 16.25%, so significant chunks of the company. Uh, Sony makes a lot of sense to me, because obviously the Bloodborne series, I'm sure they want to keep that series going and you know exclusive to their platform, at least for a little while. 
Tencent is the one that surprises me because generally speaking, they're buying ownership in these very large uh, developers, <laughs> most famously Activision, um, mm -hmm. so they, they can have kind of CCP undue influence mm -hmm. on uh, narratives and who the enemy will be in said games. It doesn't seem like there's much incentive for FromSoft other than profit, so it seems like a harmless decision. We'll see. Cross your fingers. But uh, I don't trust Tencent at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> they have uh, very concerning business practices and uh, editorializing of these pro <laughs> properties they scoop up and buy large ownership of. And they don't have to buy the whole company to do this. Like, right. That you can save money. You just got to buy enough to have a voice, you know, Yeah. That... have a voting interest. Uh it's interesting that Tencent is brought up here because it seems as though uh, Tencent, it just seems like they're trying to basically have a finger in every pie that's Hot. out there. <laughs> I said a finger. And your pie. Son of a bitch. Hot. <laughs> Don't <laughs> If you would like to send Emery your no, hot no, lewd boy Tencent no, fan art, no. please submit to hit the books vids vids at gmail.com. One time at Bandcamp, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Do tell, I'm more interested in this than the news. I was quoting American Pie, you Philistine. That's unfortunate. <laughs> You know, it would be one thing to consider what this says about me. I'm curious what you being uh, disappointed says about you. Let's just move on. Uh, oh, oh, we're going to move on now? I can't do this show anymore. Uh, uh, we're going to move on now. I can't believe you crushed me like that. Oh, yeah. Set me up and knock me down, Emery. <sighs> just like you did at band camp. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he played the trombone. Uh, the rusty trombone. And you played the skin flute. I'm a <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, we're wheeling and dealing. Oh, uh, yep. And we're banned. Yep. Uh, strap in. I'm glad we're like 14-year-old children on this show. <laughs> really uh, highbrow humor here. Uh, yep. You're welcome. Uh, a highbrow, as in an inch off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're just, why? Why are we like this? Mm. Who raised you? It's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> For me, television. Next up on the news, that explains a lot. Oh, yep. <laughs> Sony has launched a mobile gaming development branch called PlayStation Studios Mobile Division. Uh, it acquired mobile developer Savage Game Studios to lead the development team uh, for, quote, AAA on-the-go experiences. They also recently purchased PC game port specialist Nixes to expand its highly profitable PC expansions. Uh, recent rumors were confirmed. Days Gone is uh, being made into a movie. However, Horizon is being made into a TV series directed by the Umbrella Academy's alum Steve Blackman for Netflix. So not a movie, but a TV show. These are clear examples of their recent commitment to uh, expanding to broaden platforms, as they stated in their Q2 uh, investor call. We did not need a video game to television pipeline, people. Well, Maybe we, focus on making a good fucking game. We already have it, so we got Uncharted. God, son of a bitch. They're making The Last of Us TV show. 
while no. also releasing a neutered Last of Us Part One <laughs> oh, uh, uh, remake reskin <laughs> again, <laughs> uh, the third generation in a row. <laughs> Why do you like this, Sony? Come on, what are you doing? I don't know. Mobile, <sighs> mobile. You had the Vita, and you did nothing. Again, stubborn I'm video so, game manufacturers, I'm so mad. hardware platforms, video game developers. Please, you're you're known for making great high end, polished, exclusive titles that eventually come to PC, which is probably why they hired you know Nixus to do these uh, ports for them. Mm-hmm. It's fine to expand into other things. We know you're more than a video game company. You're a music company. You're a movie developer um, and publishing house. Uh, You obviously make high-end electronics. But we don't need the mobile games. You had a device for that, which was awesome. And you gave it, like, four large-scale titles, like investment titles. (laughs) You had Uncharted. You had... Uh, the Mercenaries game at the very end of its life when it was already dead. Um, see here, they had a really bad Call of Duty port. Just what are you doing, Sony? Come on, we love you. That's so- why we criticize Sony. Why are you like this? <laughs> and Days Gone does not need to be a movie at all. Days Gone doesn't need to be a movie. Horizon, the Horizon Forbidden West, Zero Dawn. The, 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 we do not need those things. Maybe focus on making the those games, the kind of games that people pay attention to. You know, when is the last time you've heard anybody talk about those games, let alone their supposedly upcoming movie and TV like? tie-in products i mean we talked about sully not having his mustache free press sony stop (laughs) sony make good games don't worry they'll release morbid time part two vampiric boogaloo son of a bitch And we'll get like three different releases of it in theaters. That movie actually broke even. <laughs> because of a meme. Because of a meme. Uh, oh, hilarious. It accidentally worked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up on the news, again, uh, just legacy hardware developers making bad decisions. Nintendo will be adopting the notorious anti-piracy software Denuvo on the Switch, which is known for being used uh, to unfortunate degree on the PC Master Race systems. Uh, The company expressed the intent to stop people from using their platform to emulate their games to play on PC. And this comes suspiciously soon after uh, Linus Tech Tips released a video where they did just that. Where they they basically took uh, Switch games, mm-hmm. put them through an interpretive em- emulator on their PC, and then played it on their PC. And then they went the extra step 
and took a Steam Deck, <laughs> which is significantly more powerful than a current Nintendo Switch, and uh, put the games on their Steam Deck so they could play Nintendo Switch games on an arguably better, more ergonomic device. When the PC people have a handheld that's better than yours, that's getting more press from having a game ripped from your infrastructure software to a PC to the Steam Deck, Nintendo, you have got to step it up and this is not the answer! It, you got to realize they're not doing it to steal your games. They obviously bought the game and the system in order to port it to their PC or their Steam Deck. This is all to prove a point. It's not an easy thing to do. It takes a lot of time and know-how. But they're doing it because they don't want to play in your fucking hardware. <laughs> it's old, outdated hardware that doesn't run well. That's why they're doing it. And it's not ergonomic worth a goddamn. Yeah, and instead of investing in creating better hardware or an updated set of hardware where it's more enjoyable, where you don't have to play with those shitty Joy-Cons, they're like, no. We're just going to put anti-piracy on it and prevent you as much as humanly possible from enjoying the products we make. Why? Nintendo, do you want to turn into Sega? <laughs> is that what this is? Well, yeah, probably. It, like, If you keep going down this route, you are going to push everyone away and no one's going to buy your console, which is going to lead to you not being able to make consoles, which is going to lead to you having to put Mario on other people's hardware. Is that what you want? Yes, because they made mobile Mario, so... They, they, they made mobile Mario? They sure did. They made mobile Mario. They sure did. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> if this is what you want, then just stop making hardware and just say all of your games are going to everyone else's fucking platform from now on. You know who did that? Sega. So, oh. Those sneaky motherfuckers. Actually, you know what they that, really re that reminds me. <laughs> I have a very late birthday gift for you. Is it uh, Edgy the Hedgy fan art? No, it is not. Well, that's unfortunate. What's with you? <laughs> <laughs> it's late, and I feel repressed. <laughs> uh, I think the neotropics is getting to you. That's what. <laughs> uh, just a moment. Everyone, hold on to your butts. I have no idea. This, this is not a bit. I have no idea what he's doing right now. He's walking around, pacing, going through his bag, his satchel of tricks. Oh my goodness. It is the two movie collection of Sonic the Hedgehog, the original movie, and Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Speedy Boogaloo. And that is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Now, of course, famously... The first one. Great movie. Really loved it. Had no right being as enjoyable as it was. And that was after having the horrendous <laughs> initial trailer. 
where they just absolutely butchered the, <laughs> the art of Sonic the Hedgehog and had to do a full correction and redo all the animation for it and character design. Yeah. After everyone bitched about it, and when they finally changed it to what everyone wanted, this company was grateful. WB, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and sure enough, I, I made a commitment. I'm like, I'm not skipping this movie. I don't care how bad it's reviewed or whatever. Thankfully, it wasn't bad really reviewed, but I was like, I'm going to go see this on opening night because they took the time instead of doing the typical bad business, you know, big studio, big business thing. Say, fuck you. You know, we're going to do what we want. (laughs) (laughs) They said, "Eh, you're right. We fucked this up. We're sorry. We're going to fix it. And like delayed the movie, obviously spent way more money. And because they did that. They probably made hundreds of millions more than they would have otherwise because fans were like, hey, that was a great goodwill gesture. We're going to support this regardless of whether it's good or bad. And thankfully, it was good. (laughs) So I love that. Not only was it good, it was good enough for a sequel. Which you said was great. Which I said was fucking fantastic. I am so excited. I have not I have not had the chance to watch it yet, just because of all the craziness going on this year and restarting the show and the pregnancy oh, and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Thank you, Emery. Yeah, yes. We're gonna, I'm going to watch this. Uh, after Sandman. Yeah, after Sandman. Finish Sandman, then watch this. And then I really want to hear uh, what you have to say after seeing the, what might be, if I'm remembering this right, a mid credit scene? <gasps> Tune in next time to see what uh, Chris <laughs> discovers after watching the end of that movie. Yeah, just a... Uh inside scoop like sonic 2 the the sega genesis game has a really special place in my heart it was a game that my sister heather and i played all the time uh when we were kids and when i would go to visit them over uh, uh she lived with my father and i lived with our mother and uh, i really like have a lot of great memories just like hanging out with my sister and i would always play as tails because i thought tails was cool because he could fly and like of course heather was player one she's the older sister so why not you know fuck it let him play tails <laughs> and so like <laughs> tails was just basically just like a cheat code like because you could die as many times as you wanted <laughs> oh yeah and like i could beat all the bosses for her <laughs> she would just have to get through the level yeah. like yeah we had a ton of fun with sonic 2 and like having tails in sonic 2 the the movie is like yes yes give it to me i don't care how childish and dorky i am for loving it like i must see it and then they added knuckles because why not but yeah it looks awesome yeah it's good it's great and then knuckles shows up and then it's fantastic if you would like to send Emery your knuckles, no! lewd boy <laughs> fan art, please shoot us an email at hitthebooksvids, V-I-D-S at gmail.com. Uh, don't send me that. If you want to send me something, send me uh, a copy of an original game called Knuckles and Knuckles and Knuckles, starring Knuckles. <laughs> Shadow the Knuckle. No, no, <laughs> no. You get Shadow out of here right now. <laughs> uh, I love it. 
I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you, Emery. That's awesome. I, I'm I'm really like seriously. I'm I kind of want to end the show right now and just go watch it. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm super excited for this. Uh, next up on the news, uh, the Xbox Game Pass Family and Friends plan has been explained. Uh, it will be a tiered service that allows subscribers to share their subscription with up to four uh, family and friends. Um, currently, it is being tested in, uh, I think, Ireland uh, and at a price of 22 euros a month, which is seems very reasonable because right now the euro and dollar are very equitable. The dollar is actually worth a little bit more than the euro for one of the first times and my lifetime yeah uh only two people can be swapped in or out per year so that's basically the only major limitation has all the normal features of uh the uh game pass ultimate so Mm. really cool great value uh assuming it stays near that price and doesn't like dramatically increase after the first year or something like they tend to do but uh yeah we were beating up uh microsoft a little bit earlier but this is something uh, that could be really great once it comes to the global market oh yeah the with this uh now sony has to step up their game with uh well as soon as they figure out what they're doing with all these different playstation plus tiers yeah uh speaking of which we i don't know if we've talked about this but one of the great perks of the playstation plus tiers is that at the upper levels you can play your games remotely because basically ps now is now part of that uh ultimate service whatever that highest tier is i forget the terms already yeah um which we both have and we were trying to test it uh, a few episodes ago and guess what the fucking app doesn't let you use a ps5 controller it doesn't let you use a dual sense oh, no. <laughs> even if you plug it in Via USB, it will not let you use the DualSense. I can plug in and use a DualSense on the fucking Steam. I can't use it on the goddamn PlayStation app. And you can only use the PS4 if you plug it in. You can't use it via Bluetooth, even though it will, using Bluetooth, connect to your PC. And you can use it, again, on other gaming services like Steam and Epic. But you can't use it on the PlayStation <laughs> proprietary app. Why? Sony. Because they want you to buy another PlayStation 5. <laughs> buy more PlayStation 5. I'm not going to buy another one. Buy more. There's no more Play- to buy. Buy more PlayStation 5. Sony! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's really frustrating. I couldn't I could not believe that their own controllers won't work with their own service. Why would you do that? Why would you make it as difficult as humanly possible to use your own services? Uh, I never thought I'd use this phrase for this, but there's a a phrase that I'm going to pull for this because it makes sense. Uh, do not prescribe malice. A situation that can be much more easily explained through stupidity. <sighs> Sony, why are you like this? Why do you do this to your fans? <laughs> Stop it. Who raised you? (laughs) (laughs) Not television. (laughs) Uh, No, that's who they're trying to raise, and they're failing. They never got out of band camp. 
Oh, skin flute times. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't even make sense, but I love it. We're so stupid. It's also very late, so. I am 12. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Monto Esteban. <laughs> Wonder Woman. I loved you. <laughs> uh, next up on the news, Xbox has confirmed that the Call of Duty series uh, will be on Game Pass uh, at launch, uh, but will also premiere as a purchasable uh, version on PlayStation and PC. So a lot of people were afraid that uh, going forward, Call of Duty, because of the purchase of Activision Blizzard, uh, would become a proprietary uh, game to Xbox and uh, PC platforms. But thankfully, they have committed to, at least for the near future, uh, still releasing uh, this major third-party game on the PlayStation. Uh, so that's good news for gamers. Like I think we ranted about it in the past, but I hate it when these gaming companies buy like long time third party games and then just decide to like eh fuck everybody else we're going to put it on our platform that's why we bought it you know they did fuck it we'll do it live yeah like they did that with tomb raider tomb raiders famously like a third party game especially the newer iterations and was exclusive to playstation back in the day oh and then yes. they made it exclusive to xbox until yeah. eventually like ah we're not selling enough we'll release it everywhere else right uh idos god just the history of that company is dizzying honestly speaking of idos and its uh affiliate companies oh shit <laughs> Following its huge purchases of the Tolkien franchise, uh, Embracer Group has stepped into the limelight again with a finalized purchase of former Square Enix Studios Crystal Dynamics, Square Enix Montreal, and Eidos Montreal. Uh, obviously, Crystal Dynamics known for like Tomb Raider games and the Avengers game. Uh, Square Enix Montreal known for Deus Ex, Thief, and uh, I think uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. And then uh, Idos Montreal, known for the, the mobile Hitman Go, Tomb Raider Go, all those Go games. Uh, the deal includes each studio's back catalog and will total $300 million. The financial closure is expected in Q2 of 2023, so you likely won't see anything being announced or worked on until that point. Uh this Embracer group is really dropping some big cash in yeah. the marketplace and making some huge investments. They just fucking came out swinging. Yeah. For oh, those, my God. For those of you un, uh, un, <laughs> who don't know this, Embracer group is like this Swedish entity uh, that just buying up property everywhere. I mean, other other notable purchases they've had in the recent history uh, are Dark Horse Comics, you know, 3D Realms, Ghost Ship Games, Gearbox is a big one, THQ Nordic, uh, Saber Interactive, Coke Media. Like, they're buying up everything, man. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what their intent is. Like, I assume it's you know, just as an investment firm trying to shore up as many assets as they can. So they have as much properties to capitalize on and royalties to, you know, accrue. Yeah. I, I think uh, that, like you said before, is basically going to wait to be seen until like specifically for the square Enix studios that were just uh, basically announced yeah. uh, until like quarter two of 2023. So, um, I'm waiting to hear what the hell their plan is for the Tolkien, like everything that the Tolkien estate uh, that uh, Embracer Group just bought up. 
for these for these gaming companies, I'm assuming that there's going to be some sort of like Lord of the Rings video game that's yeah. hopefully not. How can't they? Uh, right. This would be the perfect time to say, hey, we're making a Tolkien video game. Yeah. That's hopefully a lot less drab and covered in brown than uh, <laughs> the fucking Shadow of Mordor games. Yeah. Uh, what I want more than anything is a return to an old game franchise that uh, didn't make it pla- make it plast didn't make it past the PlayStation Two. And that's the Legacy of Kane series. Yeah, which they now own. Oh my god, they do. They sure do. <laughs> oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they have any plans of doing anything with that. Like you said, it's it, I imagine this is largely driven by wanting to adapt Lord of the Game Lord of the Rings franchises because that was publicly what they stated when during the the final purchase price announcement. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's I mean, it's 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 both concerning and exciting because it's like okay, like they're purchasing all these things. Clearly, they have ideas in mind. There, there's something at work here. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like all right, well, you have this large just financial conglomerate owning all of these things. Are they actually going to do anything with them? Do they know what they're doing? Right. Because you know? we're hearing a lot of purchasing information. We're not hearing yeah. anything in terms of like planning. Yeah. And it, I mean, we see this with Tencent to a con- concerning degree. Right. Um, as we alluded to earlier. But uh, again, this is yeah, a whole know. lot of purchasing and not even a little bit of input. Yeah. Yet. Yeah, so hopefully they have big plans and they plan to execute them. I I would love to see just like, you know, fast forward the Lord of the Rings universe, you know, 100 years, 200 years or something and just have like an open world RPG, you know, get get far enough in the future that there's not Ooh. like much lore that can really be like directly tied in. You know, obviously right. there's going to be characters that are more or less immortal that you can encounter like Gandalf, you know, you can find oh, the, the wizards yeah, yeah. that went to the East, you know, uh, Radagast, you know, all these people that should still be around, you know, in middle earth, you can do a lot of cool things with that. You know, uh, I think you could build a really cool RPG series with that. I can meet Tom Bombadil. <laughs> yeah. He's the final boss. <laughs> you fight God, <laughs> but he's just some big friendly, weird, mystical man. It's like, Hey man, I told you I've been here this whole time and I'm going to be here long after you're done. <laughs> You can pick a fight now if you want, but uh, you're not going to win. <laughs> <laughs> he just does it for the kicks. Uh, the lols. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm excited somebody's doing something with it. We talked about you know uh, some some of the older stuff with the Tolkien franchise coming up on public domain in yeah. 10, 15 years. So, like, you know, eventually there's not going to be anything you can do with it. You know, right? And then like Lord of the Rings stuff, it's going to be public domain. You know, in the 2050s, so not too much longer after that. But you can still obviously get a lot of value out of it in the meantime. But it it does seem like uh, they know the value of what something like a Tolkien franchise is supposed to bring in, and then spending uh, 
I believe, half of what you spent just acquiring the Tolkien franchise. Yeah. Just so you can get some reputable game studios to maybe make some games. I mean, it it sounds like they're spending like nine hundred million so that they they can come out with like two billion because they know how well this is gonna sell. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you look at how much money Amazon spent on its first season of this Lord of the Rings series over a billion dollars. Oh, like oh, now that Embracer owns it, you want to make another season of the show? Okay, you better pay up. Oh, how's eight hundred million sound? <laughs> um, about that. I don't know if you've seen reviews of the first two episodes. <laughs> they don't look great. <laughs> Very middling. They, they look bad. <laughs> <laughs> they look. They look real bad. And you know, when you have someone like and. Shout out to Grace Randolph for putting it all on the line with that video that you made. Um, when you have even Grace Randolph going out of their way to say that the person that they hoped was really going to elevate this entire show is the person that's bringing it down. No, either no. Either through the lines that have been fed to them by the writer or by the acting itself. And in Grace Randolph's own words, both an entitled Karen and a Mary Sue. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, that's that's not good. That's not that's not a good look. Oh no! Yeah. And while we're on the topic, Grace Randolph, I love you. You used to do comic reviews. You used to talk about comic books, and I loved you for it. Can you yeah. can you do that for me? Please. Old school subscriber. Like, still subscribed. Yeah. Waiting for the day when you maybe say something comic book related. She she did these great segments and videos about various comic books and really reignited my passion for comic books because much like wrestling, I hadn't really, uh, you know, indulged in comic books since i was you know young teenager yeah and like she like with her youtube channel reinvigorated my passion for comic books and i jumped back in and i was like oh this is awesome like uh i can't believe how much i missed you know in these years and uh then she started doing like more and more comic book movies exclusively specifically marvel movies and then like it just became movies and like tv shows and I was so disappointed by that. I mean, she went where the money was, and yeah, I, you know, I, mean, I, I, I like, I'm not gonna blame her for that. No, <laughs> you can't blame her. Sell out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Grace Randolph. I really do. I, I just wish she would do comic book stuff again. Yeah, the unfortunately those days are gone, and the last time I heard her mention anything comic book related. It had to do with uh, the X-Men, and she, her words were, at least, if I'm remembering this correctly, her words were, she couldn't be bothered to read X-Men <laughs> in the modern era. Like, <laughs> uh, and oh, yet you still cling. Mm, cling to hope, Emery. Uh, I'm, I'm not clinging to hope. I am just uh, basically watching to see when the reboot is. <laughs> 
Well, that wraps up all the news for this week. Uh, again, thank you for watching and listening. Of course, we always have our famous comic cover of the week to award. Now, for the prestigious, nay, life-changing award of comic cover of the week from Hit the Books Podcast, we have Marvel's Ghost Rider number six. This one done by Kale Ingu. Are we saying that right? I have no idea. Kill Goo? Goo? Kill New? NGU. Kill Goo. Well, Kale, you, you did a great cover. We, uh, If you want to shoot us an email so I can pronounce, li- uh, pronounce your name correctly, please do. All right. Before we get into this, again, great cover. Great job, Kale. One thing I find incredibly frustrating when I'm doing research for the show. Mm-hmm is that the comic book artists do nothing to put their pictures or their names <laughs> or anything out into the world. And like you Google these artists and you'll get hundreds of results of their art, but you won't get a single fucking picture of them anywhere. You go on Comic Vine and you find like this terrible grainy image that barely looks like them, like <laughs> you know, and then you like try to find like an interview where somebody pronounces their name properly so that you can be respectful and pronounce their name properly. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> they make it so difficult. <laughs> Please publicize yourself. Please get a website, borrow somebody else's website, get a WordPress and just put a few pictures of yourself, promotional shots that we can use. Your art is wonderful and it's great to see your portfolio out there. But I want to know what you look like for the show so I can put you on the show on the YouTube channel. Right. I think the the weird thing about that is that if there's if you can't find anything, then it would feel like one of two things. Either this was drawn by someone who's using a pseudonym, which if you are, interesting pseudonym, Um or this uh, indicates that this is this artist's like first like official thing, nah. Which would be strange for Marvel. You would think that, but like even the big names, I can I struggle to find good pictures of on the internet. Oh, yeah, it's it's frustrating. Oh my god! <laughs> like put yourselves out there, guys. I know we're we're all these uh, you know very like introspective artist types out there i mean instagram should be like a go-to for an artist yeah and some of these artists don't even have social media which is even more frustrating because i can't even tag you and shout you out come on guys promote yourselves now mind you it does have to be taken into account that uh a lot of social media is a bit of a cesspit (laughs) <laughs> that's fair yeah, yeah you don't have to look at it <laughs> just put your pictures on it <laughs> you know promote your covers promote your books you know that's all you got to do but uh going back to the cover that yeah. was a completely unnecessary rant a little yeah. unnecessary but you but, know sometimes you know, it has to be said promote yourselves guys you're wonderful artists and creators promote yourselves please yeah this this art is worthy of promotion now, back to Ghost Rider number six. This is the regular cover, not a variant, um, it, but it's outstanding. It's this great action shot of Wolverine and Ghost Rider, which I, I guess, logically speaking, probably wouldn't happen like that <laughs> because uh, Wolverine's done a lot of fucked up shit. So uh, Ghost Rider would have him annihilated in a moment. Uh, Ghost Rider would not only have him annihilated in a moment, 
Ghost Rider being a user of a chain as though it were a whip makes him a distance fighter against Wolverine, who is entirely, like, up close and personal. But he's feisty. But, oh, but he's feisty. Uh, a chain enchanted by the power of hell and or heaven, if you nasty. Um <laughs> A fight between the two of them should be, okay, you get wrapped in the chains and you immediately get dragged to hell for the second time. Yeah, I, this is, but yeah. All that aside. All that aside. It's <laughs> this very, is comic books. Yeah. You throw logic out the window. Yeah, it's very, it's dynamic looking. It is, uh, you can see very clearly the, the action uh, that's happening here you can like this is drawn in a way that gives you an idea of what wolverine did to strike such a pose which is that's what you want in a comic book uppercut uh, you can uh, yes he yeah. looks like he's doing like a jumping uppercut type deal with his claws like a berserker barrage <laughs> meanwhile ghost rider is tanking it because i mean if you can Take hits from the Hulk and not move. What the fuck is this furry little Canadian with uh, butter knives between his hands going to do? <laughs> butter knives. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a great cover. And the thing I really like about this cover is uh, the striking use of lighting to kind of highlight both of the characters' silhouettes. Like, you really get a lot of detail out of Wolverine in particular just because of the flash, you know, the spark that's driven by the chains and the adamantium claws clashing together. Uh, there's also a great use of perspective where you obviously have uh, Ghost Rider in the foreground, Wolverine in the background, and it's very subtle, but at the bottom you can see just a little bit of chain uh, clouding in a, in a kind of like out of focus perspective. Like that, that's great. That's like a really subtle, a really subtle, really cool uh, addition to the artwork that really gives it some lifelike uh, depth. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Just, you know, from top to bottom, really a great cover, uh, really awesome artwork, really great use of depth and light and shading. Uh, color looks great. The colors used perfectly. Uh, really, you know, I can't even nitpick really uh, anything on this cover. It's just that good. So if you see it out on the shelves, maybe go buy it. Of course, uh, this week, uh, we, as always, we're going to read the uh, synopsis in case you want to know what's on the inside. Like we always say, don't judge a book by the cover. Even though that's exactly what the cover's purpose is supposed to be. Yeah, buy it because the cover's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, last week I forgot, so apologies to last week's winner. Uh, that was a Moon Knight um, but unfortunately I forgot to read the synopsis. So, uh, there's somebody else out there who knows what it means to suffer, to feel sickened by the pain and suffering they've inflicted on the world. And his name is Logan. After the motorcycle rally at hell's backbone, Wolverine and Johnny blaze are brought together, but will they fate? Will they, excuse me, will they race forward as enemies or allies in the war against the shadow country? think obviously they're gonna be allies because that's what they do uh i mean this is the part where i'm about to rant about the current state of x-men uh i gotta say it 
it was already kind of without stakes given that Wolverine basically heals from fucking everything. <laughs> I you bring that up and now I'm really concerned that that's what they're going to do. <laughs> like can gold balls create you again if you get dragged to hell? That's a really good question. Like <sighs> we're probably going to find out. Well, here's Damn the, it. here's the thing. <laughs> They already have uh, panels and various comics where they talk about the uh, eventuality of uh, there being duplicate people. Uh, that's a question that's already been brought up since uh, I think out of everyone on the mutant island, Krakoa, I think Wolverine has the most children. Uh, either, you know, natural or otherwise, living on that island. And they, there's a strict no-clone rule. And he's got, like, two of them on there. <laughs> Awkward. Like, he's got two on there. And one of them is also just going by the name of Wolverine. You're welcome. You okay over there? No. We, every time we talk about Marvel, you seem so scarred and, and troubled. It, it's almost like the, the company that has the one thing that I want to be better continually dig, digs them a deeper and deeper grave. Do you ever think we're too negative? Have I told you about the comic event Judgment Day? Do I want to know? <laughs> Avengers. X-Men. Eternals. It has gotten to the point where... Because uh, for some reason the comics acknowledge uh, Celestial being buried into the, into the surface of the Earth more than the fucking movies do... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tony Stark decided to make a god in a cave with his little box of scraps. <laughs> Excellent. He He's reviving a celestial, and that celestial, upon being revived, has uh, commenced judging everyone. He has uh, judged Captain America... And found him wanting for sake of the fact that he's ineffective. <laughs> but has then seen fit to uh, attempt to judge Cyclops. Cyclops responding with, the only person who could judge me is Jean Grey. And occasionally the X-Men. That's so cringe. Did did I uh forget to mention that in one of the issues of this comic, uh one the the celestial that is not yet awake is remarking on someone, uh some human, uh putting out a supportive tweet. No. No. I. Wish I was joking. No, Emery, no. I wish I was kidding. Don't tell me that's true. <sighs> Fucking look it up right now. Why would a celestial give a fuck about a tweet? <laughs> look it up right now. I don't want to. <laughs> look it up 
right goddamn now. I, I refuse. I need to. I need you to see this so one, you can see that I'm not crazy, and so that two, I can see that I'm not crazy. No, yeah. we're not too negative. <laughs> <laughs> they do this to us. <laughs> it's like I've been paying the money to, you know, make me a story that's worth my time. Under the conceit that this is going to be like tights and fights like all superhero comics are supposed to be. Perhaps we should judge them. Marvel, you have been found wanting. For your ineffectual writing. And your gross malfeasance of the property known as the X-Men. Goodbye. I sentence you to a thousand years dungeon. No trial. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we shouldn't take it away uh, from uh, Kale Nagoo. This is an awesome cover. Again, Ghost Rider number six. Go get it. Great uh, artistry and uh, really appreciate it. Congrats for winning the prestigious Nay Life Changing Award of Comic Cover of the Week. All right, that wraps up the show. So thank you for listening and watching. Uh, again, uh, look forward to more news. We'll probably get a little bit more fallout from Gamescom. Of course, uh, the Axe of Zaslav continues to swing broadly and take out innocent bystanders, but uh, I'm sure we'll have more on that in the near future. He's doing it for you. Yeah. Uh, Nick, feel better. Uh, of course, thank you to uh, Sir Pat Stew for stepping in uh, as our guest star for this episode of Hit the Books Podcast. Uh, of course, remember, you can always find us on Twitter at HTBVids, on Facebook at forward slash Hit the Books. You can uh, find us on YouTube, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify. We're on all those platforms. If there's any platform you would... Uh, prefer us to be on please reach out to us at hit the books vids vids at gmail.com and of course go and uh, watch the twitch stream for twitch.tv forward slash those natural ones which is of course every tuesday at 8 30 eastern standard time and of course they also post on youtube and uh, various forms of social media so definitely take advantage of that you'll find links to it all in the comments below in the um the subscription description below so uh, once again, thank you all for listening and watching. We will see you next week. Days gone, really? <laughs> Daryl from The Walking Dead, the fucking game. <laughs> Motors, the only thing you're missing is the fucking crossbow. And the good writing. Ugh. <sighs>